Have you caught the travel bug? Don't worry, I have too. I'm Katie, a travel agent who specializes in accessible travel. If you love to talk all things vacations with a little fun along the way, you should head on over to Katie Talks Travel, a podcast on Unmute Presents. This has been an ACB community call. Today's Unmute Presents Community Call was hosted on 6 February 2024. back to another unmute here at the top we got some announcements for you we also wanted to remind everyone we're going to take all first hands first so all first questions and if we get through everyone then we can take second questions if time permits also please be respectful and let everyone get the same respect you would want for your question and remember there's no dumb questions also i wanted to let everybody know that uh we have club unmute which just started and we had our first one yesterday which went great and the reaper class if that's something you're interested in, is going to be starting in two weeks so for all that information and everything else we got going on you can check out unmute.show and as always i've got michael doyce with us hey michael how's it going great marty thanks for having me again and uh, we, we've had some fantastic shows. We've had new episodes of uh, Spanish with Carla on the IACast network. We have, uh, uh, she's been talking about different food and, and different things like that. So check that, those out. Uh, we just published a new episode, uh, episode 12, and we've got more on the way. We have, uh, obviously, we have the radio station, new content there. We even have uh, AI doing some, some, uh, uh, intros and things. So that's pretty exciting. And, uh, so we're continuously updating and, and changing things. Um, so we haven't had a lot of podcasts this week, but, uh, know that, uh, Michael and, and you guys for unmute have, so I'll hand it back to you, Marty. All right. Thanks, Michael. And if you guys have tech questions, you can go ahead and raise your hands. And in the meantime, we also have Michael Babcock with us. How you doing, Michael? I am doing great. For anyone who is curious, you're hearing me on a MacBook Air microphone uh, because apparently I'm having a little back issue. So bear with me while I work through this and I'll have to remember to mute in the right place. Um, Michael did a IA cast on last Wednesday that was published talking a bit about bits. So if you're interested in hearing Jeff and Michael sit down and have a conversation about what bits is uh, and how some of the, the places we've gotten with bit has has kind of gotten there you'll want to give that a listen it's a real good real good chats uh and then on thursday we published a new show if you are someone who is interested in braille uh we've partnered with chris cook and we are publishing braille content uh she is coming to you to talk about different braille displays uh and not only braille displays but for the inaugural episode she had a conversation with someone who learned braille 
a little while ago in Canada. And it's interesting to hear how things are different, but yet the same uh, over the years when it comes to learning Braille. A really interesting conversation that's going to come to you on the first Thursday of the month. Um, and then we also, with Chris, started a new Sunday show. So um, we are going to, at this point, cut back on the Teach You Something on Sunday shows. Um, and, and really, Sunday, start publishing more mobile content. So there's a new show that we shared the preview of called Digital bytes uh and that that's b-y-t-e-s that comes out on sundays now uh with marty chris and myself yesterday we shared technically working and technically working is uh, a show where De demossi and i sit down on a weekly basis and really now it's uh, kind of evolved into us catching up with each other because we don't talk as much as we used to um and so we've been chatting about his experiences with using technology and some of the challenges and ways he's worked around those challenges as a, a new trainee, as a blind license manager in the state of Alabama. So that's a pretty interesting discussion if you are interested in that. And uh, lastly, Michael published the Carla uh, Spanish with Carla episode uh, where they talked to my favorite food. Uh, I'm sorry, my favorite thing, uh, food. And so we, uh, if you're interested in hearing more about uh, foods and articles, check that out. That's all I got for you, Marty. All right. And thank you, Michael. The question of the day today is saving things you find on the internet, links, articles, stuff like that. Do you use an app for it? Do you just save it to your favorites? How do you do it? What do you use a third party app? Or how do you go about doing that? If you have any info on that and how you do it, let us know. That would be cool. And hey, let's get some hands going. We do. First up is Anisio. Go ahead, please, Anisio. Thank you, Katie. Uh, good afternoon. Um, first of all, thank you so much for all the wonderful service you guys do with Unmute and everything else you are involved in. My question is, is regarding the blind shell. Um, I have a client that whose blind shell recently just stopped working. We don't know why, but you know, whatever. So we, we're getting it fixed. But the problem is that she had lots and lots of contacts and we were not able to retrieve them. And I'm wondering in the future if there's a way to instead of um, um, when you save contacts, is that is that a possibility of saving them into a memory card, you know, micro, um, the micro um, SD card that the blind shell accepts? That's a great question. And unfortunately, no. The only way that you can save those contacts is if you either do the full backup of the phone from the service menu um, or do the export contacts from the contacts menu. Um, so the phone, are you, you guys are working on getting it replaced right now or repaired? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, initially when she called me, I thought that, because this happened to another consumer of mine, I thought she had inadvertently turned off the Output uh -huh. uh, speech, and then obviously, so I had the demo version that I tried to. I just replicated the, you know, the with the numbers, but it didn't work. And then her screen too was totally uh, blank, so uh, we couldn't even visually. So I don't know what happened there, but um, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, unless she had a backup of the contacts, 
Uh, she's going to have to re-enter all of those. What I what I tell people is, if this happens to you, um, it is very unfortunate. But once you get your contacts back in there, before you do anything else, go make a backup. That way, you don't have to start from scratch next time, and you at least have a starting point if it happens again in the future. And what's the best way to do that? To do the backup. Yep. If you go down to contacts from the main menu, um, there's a option that says export contacts and you can choose that and uh, make sure you have a micro SD card in the phone. If you do not, it will make a um, uh, export file of the contacts to the root directory of the blind shells internal memory. And then you can copy that file to a computer um, if putting a micro SD card isn't feasible uh, for a little while. Great. Thanks, Michael. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks a lot. Next, we have Jane. Go ahead, please, Jane. Hey, Jane. So, <laughs> NVDA question for you. Um, huh, my NVDA not, sometimes stops. Um, like, I can't relaunch it for some reason. I have tried installing it. I'm trying to uninstall it and reinstall it again. I don't know how to do that. I'll figure it out somehow. But um, yeah, when I do my shortcut, it uh, huh, nothing works. Um, and also with Loopback, I learned very important yesterday. Turn your virtual devices on <laughs> first, <clears throat> and then and then figure and then try and look for those virtual devices. Otherwise, it will not show up. But um, yeah, how do you uninstall and reinstall? Uh, NVDA. So that's a good thing, uh, Jane. I'm going to actually go check to see if Loopback disabled my virtual device because none of them are showing up in macOS right now. They're all gone. Um, So, (laughs) but they're there. That's the worst part. Uh, Anyways, so if you go to add remove programs, can you remove NVDA there or have you tried that? I did. I can't find NVDA in that list, but I know. Okay. Did you install a mobile version of NVDA by chance? A portable version, do you know? No, because I went to the project-nvda.org and I got the actual EXE for but I. So so when you download that um, and you install it, there's a couple of options um, when you first install. One of the options is to install a portable copy of NVDA. Um, mm-hmm. So it's the same installer. And I wonder if for some reason you're not able to um, find it and add remove programs if maybe you inadvertently had installed a portable copy of it. So I would try downloading that again and then going through the full install and trying to uh, see if that works. Um, that's the only, only other suggestion I have with that at this point. Okay. Um. Oh, and I'm gonna join Club of Mute. Are the classes? I'd like Reaper. I need to learn it. Are they gonna mm-hmm. be recorded somehow? Yes. Yep. The classes will be recorded. Our first Monday of the week. Uh, I'm sorry. First Monday. Two Mondays in a week. That sounds like a nightmare. Uh, our first Monday of the month calls are not recorded, but the uh, classes that we do teach will be recorded. Thanks a lot, Jane. Next, we have Beth. Go ahead, please, Beth. Hey, hey Beth. Beth. How are you? Okay, hi. Yeah, I have a question. Um, first, my my speech was talking, so I didn't really hear about the teaching. You're you're going to teach? Um, you mean these classes? You're gonna? Um, you, you're still going to put on the podcast, right? 
Yep, you will not lose. Ooh, so much better. Thank you, Jane. You are amazing. Quick side note, if your virtual devices disappear, uh, then uh, go turn them back on. Uh, Beth, you will not lose any current content that you receive. We will not stop these Tuesday calls. We are not going to stop with the podcast. We've actually been talking about bringing more free podcast out. Uh, the club is, is a opportunity for us to do some more teaching, uh, for people though, that's, um, more direct. And if you want more information, go to unmute.show and you can read about it there. Okay. Okay. And, and I, um, wondered about my Perkins brailler. I don't know. Um, see a lot of times I, I have these wrinkles, um, like my paper. Um, I think it's like, it it doesn't feel wrinkled when I put it in, mm -hmm. but then it gets wrinkled in there. So I'm thinking it probably has to be clean. Now I don't know. I'll probably have to ask Valine Shaw and Braille again if how I can get the tools to because it seems like I heard you can clean it yourself. Like, but I don't know. They might even have tools right. that you can get that will clean it that are specifically for cleaning it. It's so cheap to send it to Perkins. Send it to Perkins. You love them. They'll treat it well. You deserve to have a good mechanic working on your Rolls-Royce brailler. Yep. They're, oh, they're yeah. cheap. So, they're yeah, cheap. Yeah, it's worth, it's worth reaching out to someone to get that fixed for you, Beth, instead of doing it yourself if you don't have that experience. And as Elizabeth yeah. had stated, it is worth uh, reaching out to Perkins to see if they can get you in to get and that fixed. And I can so. give you the contact because you'll never get him on the phone. So if you get community at acb.org to reach me or brl at earthlink.net, which is my facilitator email, I will be thrilled to send that along. They're lovely and charming. Oh, thank you. So what's your name, Elizabeth? Yes. Thanks, Elizabeth. Well, Appreciate it. People ask me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, people ask me if my my real name is Elizabeth, but no, it's just Beth. So I got it. I but, got it. Yeah. All righty. Well, thanks so, a lot, Beth. Thank Appreciate you. that. And well, uh, thank you, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, for that. Yeah, thank you. And and what about saving? How can you save a link? My phone automatically saves my searches, but but you asked you talked about the question of the day. I don't think I've ever saved links. If, okay. so, you just... so if you're on your phone and you have Safari open to a web page that you want to save, then you would go down to the bottom where the toolbar is and you would hit the share sheet. And then once the share sheet opens up, you'll see a whole bunch of options. You can either you know, text it, you can email it. There's other apps that are listed in there that you could send it to if they have the capability of being able to save a link. You can do all kinds of different things. So I would check that out. So you have the web page open. You go down to the bottom toolbar. You go to share, open that up, and then you'll see all your options there to do what you want with it. Right. And on the computer the same way? Or maybe I could copy and paste? Exactly. You can copy and paste. There are tools that you can save you know, uh, on your computer as well. You just have to figure out which one would work for you or what you're looking okay. for. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Thanks. Yep, no problem. Next, we have phone number 703, ending in 880. Who are you, please? Hello. 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 What's your Matt? name? Hi, this is Matt. Matt. How are you doing, Matt? Doing good. Yeah, thank you. Um, I have a question. Um, I have never used an Apple laptop. Um, I've, I have uh, a Dell laptop that uh, I got for about $600 years ago. And I'm wondering if 
I want, but I, you know, I, I can't stand antivirus on my computer and it's super slow. Um, if I got a MacBook, could I get it for about the same or, you know, a few hundred dollars more and I could read my Windows files on it um, and have be- better antivirus? If you're, well, first of all, the answer to the first question is yes, you could, depending on the machine that you wanted to get. What are you going to be doing with it? Just browsing the web and email and basic things like that? Um, that and creating files, uh, spreadsheets, uh, um, uh, documentation files, that sort of thing. Well, currently... And, do, and doing my taxes. Currently, at this time, they still do have the M1 MacBook Air, which is the first generation of the M processors, which are ridiculously powerful. If you're just doing basic stuff, you know, browsing the web, listening to music, email, all that kind of stuff, then the uh, that machine would be great for you. That machine, you can find it on sale like at Costco or sometimes at the Apple Store. You would just have to look around, but... It runs between eight and eight hundred and a thousand dollars. If you wanted to up the configuration, you could out of the box. If you don't do anything to it, it's two fifty six on the hard drive, two hundred and fifty six gigs, and you get eight gigs of RAM, and that's still a pretty awesome machine. But if you need more power, you can bump up the hard drive, and you know you can go up to five twelve or one terabyte, and you can put the RAM up to sixteen gigs if you want to do that. So that would be a great machine for all day-to-day basic stuff and then some. After that, you can go to the M2 MacBook Air, which is uh, a little bit more. Those start around eleven to 1200 And then depending on the configuration you get, they go up from there. Uh, and then, of course, after that, you go into the uh, MacBook Pros, which are somewhat more money. So there are options to get in at around $1,000, possibly a little bit less, depending on what you're looking for. And yes, you can do all that stuff. If you don't use Microsoft Office 365, you can open your documents in Pages, which is the word processor that they uh, have installed on there for free. It's you know the equivalent to Microsoft Word. And or you can turn your Word documents into PDF and you can view them that way if you want to. Or you can also get 365 and install it on there if you have a 365 account. Um so um so with with pages and um and the Apple um Microsoft Office equivalents, I can open my my Microsoft files on on the MacBook. Yes, you should be able to open them uh, without an issue. And the app you would use that comes on there is called Pages. And then you've got Numbers and Keynote, which is like Word, PowerPoint, and Excel. Those are Apple's versions of it. It comes pre-installed on the machine, and you don't have to pay for it. Oh, great. Okay. Um, that's that's my question. Thank you very much. Yep. No problem. Good luck to you. All right. Thanks, Elizabeth. You are up. Hey, Elizabeth. Yeah, hi. Um, and and repeating, repeating Perkins is a great resource. So just call Perkins and get Jose and get his email, and he communicates via email about your brailler. Um, the question I have is, I have got the ACB app on my phone, and I there's also, an ACB link, Elizabeth. Is that yeah, the one ACB, you're using? yeah, ACB, ACB link, right? And I notice in the podcast listing 
that there's a certain number of this podcast I'm interested in. And then there's a lot of them listed that I don't really care anything about, but, but there don't seem to be any way. It doesn't seem to be any way of deleting them the way I would in um, Apple podcasts, you know, where I would um, triple, triple tap and, and bring up the context menu and, and delete it or whatever, or, or, um, or flick down and delete it, depending on how that is set up. You understand what I'm saying? And yep. I, does uh, and that happen would, in ACB Link? You would be happy to know we actually have the developer who created <laughs> ACB Link here, Mike DeBoyce. Do you want to jump uh, in on this question? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to <laughs> oh, this. Thanks. Um, the ACB Link app basically has a record of all podcasts that are uh, in the directory for ACB. It is not a podcast catcher, so it oh. doesn't have the ability to remove um, podcast episodes um, that that you've already listened to and things like that. It's just a place for you to podcast listen. podcast episodes? I, I mean, it would be easier if it could remove the links for stuff. I mean, the records for things I know I absolutely never will listen to have never listened to and don't care about because there's so much stuff in there that it would be easier to find the stuff I really want if I could get rid of some of so, the other stuff. So Elizabeth, the way to do that is to actually find the podcast and subscribe to them in an actual podcatcher. The ACB link app is just to syndicate all of the information. It's not oh. designed as mm -hmm. a podcast app, yeah, which is what you know, you're looking for. Yeah, I got that makes more sense now because I've subscribed to your podcast. Yep, oh, and, and you can if, delete them. Yeah, I can. Absolutely. I, I yep. don't, but I could. Mm -hmm. um, but my question, you're wonderful and you're a wealth of information. And what is it you're teaching? So, yep. So starting uh, in uh, not this coming Monday, but the following Monday, uh, uh -huh. we're going to do a four part course on using Reaper, which is an audio editor for people who are interested in producing okay. their own podcast. So if you're okay. interested in creating your own podcast, that's available. And as I said, you can get details at unmute.show. You know, the, and, the thank you. The NVDA question brings us to a question about whether people want to start um, doing teaching calls on ACB Zoom regarding NVDA and JAWS. I'm hearing rumblings about people interested in having someplace they could go to do that with people who could mentor them. So if there's people in the community that want to do that, hi, folks, people want you to do that. So tell it <laughs> JAWS is coming. There will be JAWS soon. So there'll be an announcement probably in the next couple of weeks. I'm sorry, there will be what? JAWS training coming soon. So... Stay tuned. In the next couple of weeks, there'll be an announcement. Oh, because they keep coming to me and I can't help them. Thank you well, so much. Tell them much. to stay tuned to unmute. There's going to be an announcement in the next couple of weeks. Very cool. Thank you. Yep. Who do we got next, Katie? Pam, go ahead, please. Hey, Pam. Hello. Uh, several. Well, I have an answer to the question of the day, and then I have a couple of questions. Uh, the answer is I save links all the time. I mean, you would not believe my bookmarks, multiple folders of bookmarks, uh, depending on what I'm saving. Some things get saved to notes. Uh, obviously, sometimes I need to share something as an email. I mean, I I keep that the various save functions hopping. Um, now, my questions, uh, one of them, you mentioned something about your radio station a while ago. What 
what is your radio station? So I mentioned the IA cast radio and okay. uh, basically what it is, is it's, we keep up with the week's content of all of the podcasts on the radio station. So whether it's unmute, uh, IA cast technically working Spanish with Carla, the, you know, all of the different podcasts we have on the network and it plays on, you know, repeat all 24 hours a day, gotcha. seven days a week. And it, you can go to iacast.net slash listen. It's in the I accessibility, uh, iOS app. And, uh, I think. I'll have to work on the A-Lady skill. Um, that needs some work. But uh, those two places are where you can get it. And I, I was thinking I was missing one, but uh, those are the two main places right now. And the app is iAccessibility? That's correct. That's the name of the app? That's correct. Okay. Because I thought I had in, looked that one up, and maybe I brought up the wrong, searched the wrong one because it, it didn't look like anything about, it looked more like, uh, oh, if you use a wheelchair and you need access to something, so mm. I, I must have done something wrong. Pam, if um, you shoot us an email to feedback at unmute.show, I can send you a direct link to it if that would be helpful. Well, I can try it again. I can look it up again. No yep. uh, but, but my other question was, uh, and I was, of course, multitasking when you zip through this, but there was a guy in Alabama that was doing something about, uh, you know, computer training or whatever. And I live in Alabama. I would like to read about him. So where was that? Yeah. So uh, what I was talking about is on Technically Working. It's where Demasi and I sit down and have a chat on a weekly basis about technology. And Uh he is currently going through the uh, uh, blind license manager training um, to become a license manager there in Alabama. And he's been sharing some of his technology challenges and some of the ways that he's gotten around those and given some tips. So if you're interested in that search for technically working in your favorite podcast app, and you'll get that every Monday morning. Thanks. I believe that takes care of it. All right, Pam. Thanks a lot. Have a great one. Thanks for now. Thanks. We We got Brad. I think he's got someone. Go ahead, please, please, Brad. Yes, we have on stage. Well, the name says Lutrub official. So I believe you're muted. Go ahead and unmute. Hey everyone, uh, sorry, I don't know. Clubhouse won't let me change my name back to Turbo. Uh, I don't know why. Hello? Hello, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got, uh, two questions. Uh, one is for, um, music production. I had a Mac in the past, but, um, I gave it to my fiance so she can use it. Um, I'm stuck between the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro for Logic Pro and for music production use. Um, yeah, that's my first one. Okay, so is your question which one you should get? Yeah, like which one is more affordable and stuff? So um, the more affordable one's going to be the MacBook Air. Um, it's going to do fairly okay for you, but I think if you're using tools like Logic and, and other uh, high-intensive programs, and if it's in the budget, I would personally try to get a MacBook Pro at that point. But if you're looking for yeah, affordability, yeah. MacBook Air is going to do fine for you. I'm using a M2 MacBook Air with 8 gigs of RAM. Ooh, I don't do music okay. production, but I do do um, podcast production. I use Reaper as my digital audio workstation. Um, and that, this 
is working just fine for me. Um, and I, I believe we paid $7.99 for it at Costco. And I wanted to mention the MacBook Air M2. I didn't know Reaper was on Mac. Cool. I wanted to mention that the MacBook Air M2, uh, you know, it can do multi-track. It can do, you know, if you're doing five or ten audio production tracks in like Logic Pro or Reaper or anything like that, yeah. that, that MacBook Air is going to just breeze through it. It's Even though it's the bottom-of-the-line Mac, uh, it's... It, yeah. It, That's it my will, concern right there. Yeah. It will amaze you what it's capable of. And <clears throat> I, uh, I I put a um, AAA title game on the MacBook Air just to see. And I put the settings down the medium, and it was able to run it. Like, it was Baldur's Gate 3, which is a very high-quality game. And it can run it. And, and yeah. you know, doing audio production, some uh, not-quite-high-level video production, the MacBook Air will, will do great. So... Uh, the, I always tell people you might need the MacBook Pro, but you may not. So see what your needs are, and and mm. like if you're doing 32 tracks of audio production, yeah, you're you're going to need that MacBook Pro. But uh, right, right, you know, yeah, yeah. Look at what your needs are, Michael. On that MacBook Air, what are you using for RAM? Eight, sixteen? What do you got? In there? I I do have sixteen on there. Okay. Yeah, oh, so wow. Okay. You can bump up the RAM on it. Uh, usually the stock, if you don't upgrade the RAM, it comes with 8, but you can bump it up to 16, or some of them have a little bit more, depending on if yeah. you get M1 or M2. Yeah, I most likely might get... Um, I'm waiting on the M3 Air to come out. I don't know when, but... They're out. The <laughs> MacBook just... Pros, we're probably going to get the MacBook Airs. My guess is sometime in the first half of this year, I would think. I would say maybe, right. possibly... June-ish time yeah, around Macworld time. We'll see. WWE. Yeah. Yep. Um. So like for I'm new to the unmute thing. Like it's my I recently joined. Uh, I wasn't here from the beginning, so I missed a bunch. I got to go back and listen to the replay. You guys said that you're. Are you guys on Apple Podcast too? Because I use Apple for my. Yep. Just search for thing. unmute presents in your favorite podcast app, and we are on Apple Podcasts. Okay, unmute presents. Okay. Yeah. Or you can and check like out our for, website for, at unmute.show. Okay. And like for your microphones and stuff, do you guys use like a <laughs> like an audio interface or a soundboard? So I'm using um, an audio interface. Yeah, we're both using the Vocaster oh. from Focusrite. I'm on a Sure Beta 87A and Marty's on Ooh. the SM7B, right, Marty? Yep. Yep. So that's our Ooh, that sounds good. Okay, that's nice. All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot for your questions. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you too. That's yep. cool. All righty. All right. Next, we have Lynn. Go ahead, please, Lynn. Hey, Lynn. How you doing? Lynn, you're muted. Remember, you may need to get that OK button. Sorry about that, guys. No problem. There New you go. Phone. We can hear you now. Oh, New phone. Still trying to get used to it. Um, so the answer to your question is that, yes, I, I uh, well, I worked for 29 years until um, uh, 2020, right before the pandemic. And I used to go up online and I'd see something really cool. And I'd say, oh, yeah, I want to save that. So I saved a bunch of stuff over 29 years <laughs> in different different um, ways. And I even have some stuff off of old floppy disks from a long time ago. <laughs> wow. So I'm a bit of a collector. <laughs> So I'm going through it all now that, um, and I used it depending on what I, what I needed, I would use different programs and stuff like that. So it was, it was all, you know, older stuff, uh, newer, you know, um, I'm a bit of a hoarder on digital content. <laughs> um, 
anyway, my, my question is very quick. I, with this new phone, I cannot remember how to install, uh, how to pair what, my, what kind of phone um, are you on? I'm on, a, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you. I'm sorry. Um, I, an iPhone 15 plus. Okay. And you're trying and to, what are you trying to I do? I can't remember how to, re- how to pair my Apple, uh, goodness, aftershocks. <laughs> do you know what model aftershocks you have? Oh, no, I don't. Um, I got them in, in this past August. Does that help? Perfect. Well, it, it could be a different way where I would start by pairing them by not knowing the model. This is where I would start to, to hopefully help you. So with your aftershocks powered off, if you press and hold the power button until they turn on and then hold, continue holding for about two seconds, the shock should say pairing. And when they say That's pairing, right. then you can go in and find the shocks in your phone and just double tap on them. And then they should be connected for you. I knew I knew there was something I was forgetting. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yep, no worries. You. I hope you guys have a great day. Yep. You too. Juliana, go ahead, please. Hello. Hello. Hey, How Belle. are you? Juliana Bell. Yeah. Okay. Um, my Microsoft, uh, well, I have a, a very old uh, Dell computer and my Microsoft is trying to hijack uh, Google Chrome, I guess. Uh, I get emails and go into a link, say the obituaries from Birmingham News, and it says another window, Microsoft Edge. And it's doing this a lot. And, And even Zoom today, I came into Zoom and it said something about Microsoft Edge. Well, then I go into Google and I check um, to make sure that I do the, um, let's see, insert T. And Mm -hmm. it says um, Google Chrome. So I just don't appreciate Microsoft interfering in my business, butting into my (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I don't laugh at you, Bell. I laugh at the frustration. So um, I will tell you where to go to change this. And then I actually have your email here uh, from okay. when you emailed us yesterday. So I'll Thank email you. this to you as well. Um, so for those who are listening and you're interested, what you need to do is open the Outlook desktop application, go up to the file menu, go to options, and then go to advanced. And then when you're in advanced, you would scroll down. So what I would use is the tab key to tab through and locate the link handling option. When you find link handling, you want to change the open hyperlinks from Edge to Chrome. And then those links will open in Chrome versus Microsoft Edge. Um, It seems... From what I have heard, and I can't confirm this because I don't use Outlook myself, but it seems like a a change may have been made in a recent update because you're not the only one to get frustrated with this happening. Um, so that's where you go is, again, to the file menu, go down to options, advanced, link handling, and change that from hyperlinks getting opened in Edge to Chrome. And again, I'll email this over to you, Bell. Well, a goal of mine is to... Um, Actually, I'd like to get a Macintosh, but I just can't do that right now. But one goal I have uh, is to go over to Chrome 
all to, you know, just to get every, just change. Now I know I'm, I'm old, I'm 70 years old. <laughs> so, but I'd like to change over to Google for everything, the, the document documents and so on. What is that called? Docs, Google Docs. Yeah, Google Docs. But that's, that's kind of a goal of mine. And I may change the goal because I'm working on the iPhone too, iPhone also, and um, doing things. And, and I went to Pam's uh, iPhone class and it was really good. I enjoyed it and I'm going to go back. And I apologize to all of you for the way that I sounded a few weeks ago. Uh, 3ABN has changed. It's um, Three Angels uh, has changed and I, I can't, I can still get into it. But it's not even, it's hard to even find live now. So I've got to call the uh, people at 3ABN and say what is going on there. But I do apologize to all of you. I didn't no mean it. Uh, I just got uh, so frustrated. Yes, <laughs> technology can be frustrating. I completely get that. And especially so, uh, to Pam. I apologize to you, Pam. And I'm, I'm going to be back with you now. I don't know whether I'm allowed to direct like that to somebody. Well, but yeah, anyway. perfect. Perfect. Appreciate that. And I did just get that email sent over to you, Bell. So oh. if you still have any other questions, feel free to reach out. Okay. Thanks. No problem. And who we got next there, Katie? We got Joe. Go ahead, please, Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, how Joe. are you? Good afternoon, everybody. Um, so I had a quick question and then a, um, a comment. So um, I have just to preface everything. I've updated everything and I have an Android phone. I am okay. looking to find out um, whether or not Be My Eyes has new functionality, and I know they do, but I'm I'm having trouble accessing it. Um, so I know that they have like something with ChatGPT, and then I also know that they have done something where you can contact somebody who's like a friend, like a like a contact circle. Um, I've gone on to my Be My Eyes app and it's just, you know, call agent or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and it's just that button. There's no other settings. Yep. Um, so, I, so I can help you with this because I, I am having this problem on a new Android device I just picked up too. It's not you. You're not doing anything wrong. I think it's still rolling out to Android devices because I have seen it on it. Well, I've heard it on an Android device, but right now the groups feature and the be my AI feature, I think are still coming out to some Android devices. Um, and so I would say though it's frustrating, give it another couple of weeks or so. And it might be worth dropping an email to support it. Be my eyes.com and verifying with them that you should be seeing it because I just tried it on the Samsung S 23 plus that I have here. And it is not showing up either groups or be my AI in there right now. Yeah. I think I have an a Samsung S 22. So yeah. Um, yeah. So, so hopefully not, it'll be coming in the near future. Unfortunately, it's just one of those waiting games. You just got to wait for it. I just thought I missed the ball. I was like, nope. okay, did I miss something? And because I get emails from being my eyes and I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of want to try this. Yeah. Um, but I, I also wanted to mention that the Reaper, uh, Mike, you, uh, Michael, you have my email. I would love for you to send me an email once you guys start doing that Reaper class. Um, yep. cause I'm really interested in that. Um, the other question I have is directed to you, Michael, is I've heard you're an educator and I am too. And I'm just recently just trying to get into online teaching. 
and I know there are certain platforms that certain um, online schools use. My question to you is, have you run into any extreme difficulties with any of these platforms? Oh, yes. Yeah. In regards regards to pause and screen readers. Uh, yes, I've ran into some platforms where I can't do anything with them. Like uh, that, that is something uh, right now. I'll be fully transparent. The tool that we're using for uh, for what we're doing with Unmute is called Memberful, M-E-M-B-E-R-F-U-L. And Memberful um, for the admin side of things seems to be fully accessible. I have not encountered anything as of right now that seems to be challenging. Um, I do know that with WordPress, you can build up your own uh, learning management system, which would let you put your own courses up. And uh, when I'm done, I'll ask Michael Doys if he can share any feedback about that, because I know he has a little more experience with those than I do in accessibility. Um, And then I have personally used, it's been several years, but Thinkific, T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C, and Teachable, T-E-A-C-H-A-B-L-E. Both of them had some challenges at different points, but they were able to be navigated uh, with some patience and uh, creativity-ness. But Michael D., what WordPress platforms have you tried for CMSs? So for learning management systems, they're LMSs. LMSs. the the one that I've had a lot of success with is called LearnDash. And I'm building a courses platform uh, with that, with what's called LearnDash Cloud. It's about $30 a month. And you they basically they give you uh, hosting for your own class materials. They give you a bunch of starter themes, even though I, I switch it back to GeneratePress and other things like that. And and you can configure your own courses, add outlines. They have AI. Uh, everybody has AI. And you can just set up your own courses platform. Uh, it's a lot cheaper than Thinkific, but Thinkific does a lot of the heavy lifting for you, the, you know, things like that, the design and things like that will help you with that. But uh, either way, you're going to look at having to build something like that you know, there are people that use Udemy and, and places like that for teaching and, and putting their course materials out there. But uh, LearnDash with WordPress is really a fantastic way to go if you want to have full control over the accessibility and usability of the platform of the courses that you're going to be creating. Yeah, the reason why I bring that up is because as a teacher, I'm trying to break into online teaching uh, through different companies. And I know different companies use different platforms and some of these might be some that they use and and then there might be others that use different ones and um before any of these people that I you know get interviewed by freak out because I use a screen reader because there have been a couple that have um I want to be able to kind of reassure myself as well as being able to reassure the person that's e- interviewing me that I will be able to navigate or potentially navigate their platform uh successfully so i wanted to know if there was any like real big logs in the road well one of the things that you might want to do is is get on social media and and if you're if you're exploring a certain platform ask ask around on social media uh if people have experience with that platform because there's so many you know, uh, around, you know, and if different employers may be looking at different platforms, so you're or using different platforms. So you may want to say, okay, 
what are they using, and then ask the question, is this accessible? Right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, no problem. Good luck to you. Thanks, Joe. We have a phone number, 413, ending in 329. Please unmute and tell us who you are. My name is Lori, L-O-R-I. I'm good. How are you, Mike? This is Marty, but Mike's good, too. No, Marty. Uh, how are you, Marty? Good, good. Thank you. Good. Um, I have a question. Uh, I have um, an SE 2020 iPhone, which is going on four years old. And um, my actually, my first question is, when uh, iOS 17 came out with its updates, I started having issues and problems, and one of them was a bunch of multi-languages came out on my screen, and I had to reselect English as my phone language, and then um, I had to sort of like do my iPhone from scratch. I had to do uh, everything like my phone was brand new, and it took me, uh, I think, two months to get over that, and uh, I mean to get over its quirks. And then with each subsequent update, uh, now my issue is voiceover keeps telling me the time every minute. And um, so I asked SIRI what to do about it. And she said, okay, I found this on the web. Check it out. So I read it and it said that a third-party app is causing the problem. So what third-party app would be doing that? Hmm. Um, it could be any third-party app. It depends on what you have on there. There's so many apps out there. It'd be hard to just guess automatically which one it would be. But I would honestly okay. check in your settings first. Um, if you go into your settings and then you go to, uh, I don't think there's one specifically for the clock. I don't think you might be able to go to settings and go down to clock and see in the clock if you have something checked to say something every hour. And you can uncheck that. Uh, no, I don't. You don't. No, I don't. Yeah. Also, also another thing could be where the voiceover cursor lands. So if your voiceover cursor is constantly landing on the clock, then every time mm -hmm. the clock changes, it's going to announce something. So it would do that okay. if the voiceover cursor is landed on any element that has information in either you know the app or the utility. Utility meaning like the time at the top of your phone. Uh, is going to always be up there. So if your voiceover cursor is up there all the time and you leave it there, it's going to say every time something changes. So in the clock, for example, every minute it's going to change and then it will announce something. But the same thing mm -hmm. will happen with apps. So let's say that you have your app as the first app all the way in the top left corner right on the home screen then mm -hmm. your voiceover cursor is always going to land there first when you go to the home screen and if the clock is there it's going to announce the clock so if you Ugh. don't want it to do that then you should put an app in its place that doesn't have something that changes all the time you know you could like put the date there it'll say the date out loud but uh, it's not going to change every minute or every hour or anything like that. It's just going to say what the date is, and then it will be done after that. It's not going to continue. Yeah, I used to set my something. calendar in the place of the clock, but I had my rehab teacher change it for me because I can't see my screen. So I asked him to put the calendar where the clock is and the clock where the calendar was. And so he did. And now I'm getting the clock announced every minute all the time it, it's today right. it's pretty quiet but watch when i get off the call it's going to start doing that 
So, so if you leave your like, if say like you're using your phone and you put your phone down on the table and you do not lock the screen, then the voiceover cursor is going to be on the clock app. And it's going to okay. announce that because every time it changes, voiceover is going to go, oh, there's new information. I'm supposed to read this out loud to you. So, for example, mm -hmm. with the clock, every minute it's going to change from 12 to 12.01 and then to 12.02. And it's going to announce that every single time. So mm -hmm. there's a couple of ways to solve that problem. Problem number one is the power button. You can just click it one time and make your phone go to black and then it won't do that anymore. Once your phone goes to the lock screen, it goes black. It, it won't do that anymore. It's only while you have the phone uh, on the home screen. And the reason why it changes is because you probably have your lock screen or your home screen set to not turn off for a longer period of time than a minute. So every time the clock changes, it's going to announce it, and then it's going to start over your screen from being able to go black because now your phone has done something. VoiceOver is going to go, oh, the clock changed. Let me announce it. So you can either change that icon or you can manually click the home button so it makes the screen go black, and then it will stop doing that. So you mean the power ways. button, Marty. You said yes. uh, the power button will make the screen go black, and you just said the home button. So no, I meant I'm a little confused button. there. The power button. If you click it one time, it should lock your screen and make your phone go black, and then it will not continuously announce the time. Your phone will be a black screen until you pick up your phone again and do something with it. If you don't okay. want to worry about that and you are tired of hearing and announce the, the time every minute, then just change that icon, move the clock over and put something else there. Like put your calendar app back there or something else that's not going to have information changing every minute. You know, like if you put the calendar app there, for example, it'll say mm -hmm. the date, but then it won't change after that because the date's not going to change in one minute. So it'll read you not the until date midnight the following morning. Yeah. Right. Right. So then it's just going to allow your phone to go black on its own because it's not doing anything. Each time the clock does something, it resets the screen from going black, which then you're going to hear voiceover announce the time every minute. You can also change your screen to go less than a minute. If you have your screen lock at, you know, 25 seconds or something like that, less than a minute, then it will lock before it announces the time again. So when I set uh, when I set my screen to low power mode, um, it it automatically locks, so my phone is locked. And then uh, when I raise my phone to you know check the time or whatever, then uh, it tells me to enter my passcode. So, and that's something I also noticed that my iPhone did not do. Now that I use a passcode, which I didn't use before, I'm required now to. Um, uh, put in my passcode. Is that something that Apple is making me do, or is no. that something that the new update did? Uh, it's probably something the new update did, but you can go in and turn that off and have no password if you choose to do that. Marty, it's okay. nine minutes off. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time. Yeah, and also you can use the fingerprint sensor that will also, uh, the fingerprint sensor is on the home button in the bottom center on your phone. So if you set up the fingerprint sensor, you wouldn't have to put your passcode in. You just hold your finger on that bottom home button and it will scan your finger and then get you into your phone. So you can either turn it off. Yeah, I did that. My, it won't take my fingerprint. So And, it, and uh, it's not capable of face ID. So, right, so I now if have it drives to use you nuts, you can go in and turn it off and just not have a password. Okay. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem.
And it looks like right now we don't have any other hand. So I do, I promised on Mastodon I would share this. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to share a tool that I learned about today that I think is going to uh, excite a lot of people, at least those of you who like to cook and keep track of recipes. So recently I heard of a new tool and it's called Cooked, C-O-O-K-E-D dot wiki. And what cooked.wiki lets you do is it lets you pull in all of your recipes that you have, and then it gives you a consistent format for those recipes, which is great, and that's all exciting, and uh, that's that's fun. But more importantly, what it does is if you have a link to a recipe, so I get a lot of recipes from HelloFresh. We used to pay for their service, but I now get a lot of my recipes from their blog. Um, if you go to a recipe, and it doesn't really matter as long as you're not paying, as long as it is not behind a paywall, um, you can uh, go to the address bar, and at the very beginning of the address bar, write or paste in cooked.wiki slash, so that's C-O-O-K-E-D dot wiki, W-I-K-I slash, and then it'll have the rest of the URL or the rest of the web page in there. And if you hit enter to go there, then what the cooked.wiki website will do is it sucks in all that data from that website for the recipe and it organizes it for you. And then you can go back and see it, see that recipe most importantly without none of the ads. So you don't have to worry about ads interrupting your uh, navigation experience. And it also will break out ingredients from the recipe for you. So you can go get those uh, separate. And lastly, they offer some text-to-speech options, so you can have the uh, service read the recipe instructions to you while you're cooking. And again, that's cooked, C-O-O-K-E-D dot wiki. Um, and I'm going to do some more in-depth exploration of this and share that with uh, members as well. So this is a, a pretty exciting tool that I am glad to see. Oh, and I just discovered earlier today that you can... Uh, use this tool and drop it a, a video of a recipe. And it's supposed to extract that information from the video. I have not tested that, but if that works, that right there is worth the free price tag uh, on top of what it already does. So hooked, C-O-O-K-E-D dot wiki. And uh, from what I have observed, all of the buttons and fields seem to be labeled and it's a very simple interface to navigate. So that was my quick tip. I see we have one hand here. Uh, let's jump over and take Beth real quick and then we'll wrap it up. Beth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had a question about, so, so you, 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 um, you uh, get a recipe from a website mm -hmm. and then put it in can you do it on the computer as well on the yep. Windows? Yep. 10? So, so what you do is you browse to the website with the recipe on it. You go to the address bar with Control L or Alt D, whatever way you get to the address bar. You press the home key to go to the beginning, and you type in cooked.wiki slash, and you hit enter, and it will automatically add that recipe to your cooked.wiki account. You have to be signed in, uh, but that's a way you can get that in there. Or, of course, you can always copy and paste the recipe if you'd prefer to do that as well. Right, and uh, to um, cooked.wiki cooked or wiki. whatever. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and and also a Facebook. Do you know what less than three means when... When somebody's commenting and they say less than it's three. It's a heart. Less. They're trying to make a heart is what they're trying to do. Thank you, Mark, because oh. I did not know what that was. <laughs> they're trying to use Thank two you. like uh, things to make like a picture of a heart, yeah. basically, is what they're trying to do. Oh, 
Yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right. We are out of time, Thank everyone. You. I want to remind everyone really quick before we go, if you have an iPhone and you need extra help with your iPhone or you've got questions, check out Pam Coffee's class, which is on Saturdays. I'm not exactly sure the exact date or time, but you can check with her through the community. You can also check the community email that goes out every morning to uh, check that out. So look for Pam's iPhone class on Saturdays if you want some extra help with your iPhone. She does some great tips and tricks and answers your questions. Also, thanks everyone for coming to another Unmute. Check out unmute.show for all things Unmute and the Reaper class that's happening, Club Unmute and everything else we have going on. Thanks for uh, to Kate and Brad for all your help every week. We appreciate it. You guys are awesome as always. Everybody have a great week and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. 